Good morning and welcome to Ask Andy. This is a daily podcast about personal injury practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Excuse me, I'm Andrew Newworth. You can reach me on the web at newworthlaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com. So go ahead, like me on Facebook, connect with me on LinkedIn, give me a buzz, whatever you want. Um, So I wanted to talk to you today about uh, clients who are dead or and and what that kind of means and how that works. So a basic question I get asked from clients or potential clients is, well, you know, my father died in a nursing home. Can we still bring a suit? So the answer to that is always yes. It's worth looking at and possibly bringing a suit. The fact that someone has died does not prevent you from bringing a suit. Uh, it has complications, but that's kind of what we're all about is complications. Every case is a little different. Every case has its own wrinkles. So, but there are a couple, uh, so basically the basic rule in the law is that, you know, the fact that someone dies doesn't extinguish their claims. So what that means is that, um, you know, someone dies, you can still continue on a lawsuit. Let's say, here's the easiest example. You had a, a car accident and the person was hospitalized, they were getting better, and they're all healed. And then you make a demand to the insurance company, they refuse your demand. Next step is to file suit. You file suit, the person's still alive. And then in the middle of your case, the person dies of an unrelated heart attack. So what do you do there? All right. Totally unexpected. Just, you know, stuff happens with people. People are going to die. It's just the nature of you know, personal injury practice is that you got enough cases, you meet enough people, people are going to die and have all sorts of other stuff going on. So in that example, you know, the, there are a couple of things. One is we file, you know, usually in Philadelphia at least, probably in federal court too, you file a suggestion of death. So you got to kind of put on the record formally for the court that your client has died. Uh, usually, as a courtesy, you'll let your opposing counsel know that. Um, you know, there are various impacts that has on that case. If your client had answered written discovery or written interrogatories, that's helpful to you as a plaintiff because they've put their, uh, they've been asked questions by the other side and they've put answers down. So they can say, yes, I've been, you know, grievously harmed. I had a lot of suffering. And that's that. It's even better if they've given a deposition because then the court allows, you know, me as the plaintiff's lawyer to read the deposition into evidence at trial. So basically then I've got the defense lawyer has requested my client's deposition. My client voluntarily gave a deposition, answered all the questions put to him, etc. You know, usually in a deposition, I don't ask my clients questions because that's really not my role there, but if I have a sickly client, I might do that. Um, So then you can just continue on with your case. It doesn't really change the case. It may, you know, someone's got to be substituted to stand in the shoes of the person who brought the suit, which is your, you know, now dead client. So usually it's a daughter or son or, you know, husband or wife or something like that. It's really just kind of ministerial changes. Uh, It may change the case a little bit in that, you know, the 
injury and the harm that the person was suffering from was, you know, let's say pain and suffering. Let's say the person had broken their ankle in the car accident and they were claiming, you know, pain and suffering for the rest of their life. Well, you know, now you know that the rest of their life, you know, equated to a year and a half. So that case is going to be more likely to settle at this point because the person doesn't have 25 years of future potential pain and suffering that a jury might take seriously and put a big number on. So, you know, that's one consideration. What happens if you're in the same case, in the middle of the case, and the person's got kind of, uh, they're looking unwell, okay? So when I was a defense lawyer, we had a case where we had a young 20-year-old woman was dying of melanoma, and I was representing uh, one of the doctors in the case, and, you know, the general thinking on both my side and the plaintiff's side was that this woman was going to die during the course of the case. And so what the plaintiff's lawyer do, the plaintiff's lawyer did exactly what I've done in my cases in the past is you ask for um, a deposition essentially to preserve your client's testimony in the event that they die during the case and they can't appear at trial. So that situation is the plaintiff, me, asking for my client's deposition, essentially to play a trial to say, look, this lady, you know, died, but this is what she had to say about her care and and what she went through. So that's, you know, there's a whole set of procedures around that. We notify the other side that, look, we're going to take our client's deposition because we are concerned she is going to die. We are offering you the chance to take a discovery deposition, a normal deposition, and then we're going to take our own client's deposition as if she was testifying at trial. And so there's a whole kind of way that lawyers handle that. Uh, Sometimes it comes out of the blue early in a case. You know, it's just sort of unpredictable. But if you, you know, keep decently in touch with your clients, you'll have an idea that people are doing well or not. You know, if someone's been hospitalized, you know, a couple times in a month, maybe you got to start thinking that way. So, you know, then you got to get into the fancier questions down the road of like, well, what happens if uh, what happens if the client didn't die and you have this video recording of her testimony? You know, can that be used at trial? The answer is yes. You know, it can always be used at trial. Uh, Any deposition sworn statement can be, but the client still has to show up because they are perceived as available. So there are rules about when I can use that, but the other side can always use that to cross-examine. So I want to take a moment to, you know, remind you that this podcast is sponsored by my law firm. It's New Earth Law Office. We're King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, personal injury practice. Most of my cases are in Philadelphia for various reasons. Uh, You can reach me normally on the web at 215-259-3687 by phone or at New Earth Law, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W. Like me on Facebook, reach out if you have questions. I'm happy to talk to them or answer them either on the podcast or, you know, by email or text, etc. So, you know, finally, there's the question of the, the, the more interesting questions are oftentimes, you know, can you, let's say someone, your client dies before, let's say the family comes to you with a person who's already died. Um, Can that person bring a lawsuit? Yeah, it's essentially a lawsuit on their behalf. Uh, There'll be an administrator or an executor. If there's a will, there's an executor named. If there's no will, it's called an administrator or administratrix. 
um, the you know the title doesn't really make a lot of difference to us, but that person can sue. But you got to remember, both as the family and as the lawyer, that there are certain limitations in how you're going to be able to bring that case because that person can't speak for themselves about their pain and suffering. Now it's easier if the injury is is obviously a direct result from the crash or from the fall or from the medical malpractice, right? So let's say you go in for open heart surgery and they forget to stitch you up and you die. That's, you know, easier because we know what happened. We know that your death was a result of the surgery. There are other cases where your death is unrelated to the surgery or your death is unrelated to the fall or the crash, and those are a little harder. You know, it's, for example, like, let's say you have a dog bite case, and then you die a week later of a heart attack. Is that a case you can really pursue? Uh, you know, probably not, for various reasons, is is my take on it. But you got to have... It's It's a little complicated, I guess. More complicated than suits this podcast today. But there's something called the dead man's rule that plays into a lot of these uh, death cases, and it makes pursuing a personal injury case a little dicey when you don't have a clear um, connection between the incident that you're complaining of and the and the injury or the death. So that's where things get a little dicey. I can talk about that on another occasion. But the the short answer is yes. You can bring suits for dead people. I think I've spoken about it before, but there are two different kinds of suits. There's a survival claim and there's a wrongful death claim. One of those claims in Pennsylvania um, allows you to collect for earnings that the person lost by virtue of death and that they would have made had they been alive. And the other one is really, really the care, comfort, all the stuff that that person contributed to the you know, his family, friends, etc., while he was alive. So if that person had children or if that woman had children, you know, what have the children lost? Are they grown children? Has there, is there a spouse who's lost something? So on and so forth. It's essentially a way to characterize what this person contributed to people and what the people around him or her have lost. So, you know, there's the money damages part of that. You know, what salary have you lost? Um, there's also the money damages of what has your, you know, surviving people lost. Like, let's say you were working $40,000 a year, you know, as a laborer and, and had paid for your health insurance for all your family members. Well, okay. That's $40,000 a year you lost times however your many years you would have lived if you hadn't died. So, you know, if you're a 50-year-old working construction worker making forty. That's 15 years at least. You could have arguably worked. That's 15 times 40. That becomes, you know, $600,000. You know, that's kind of how we start looking at, at, well, what's the case worth? So, you know, that's a a simple example, but, and not every case is simple by any means, but, you know, that's how you would evaluate a a preliminary death case uh, coming in if there's a clear connection. If there's not a clear connection, Hey, that's your issue. You got to fight about it. But in death cases, you know, all lawyers on both sides, insurance companies, etc., are all going to take those cases, you know, as seriously as we can, because they are 
uh, always worth examining. That's enough for today. That's Ask Andy. I hold people accountable. You know, please feel free to like me on Facebook or hit me up on LinkedIn. And that is about it. Take care. Have a great day.